You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. Minor Talk is live. We are presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. They've got several locations across El Paso from the west side to all the way out to Fabens. Check them out, OscarArietaAgency.com, and uh, they are the presenting sponsors of the Hometown Hero Award. In fact, if you know uh, a person who should be nominated to be the next Hometown Hero that can be recognized at the next UTEP game, visit RiseUp915.com, visit OscarArietaAgency.com, and click the hometown hero tab and you can actually nominate somebody right there with the Oscar ID at the agency who knows maybe that person that you know could be honored at the next UTEP home game uh, for the hometown hero award well where do we even start what a disappointing game Texas A&M Corpus Christi defeats UTEP 67-63 fans are uh, reevaluating this team right now some are pressing the panic button uh, Miners right now are 5-3 and three. they've lost 3 straight and tonight is a game alright Sal I'll give you Bradley you know you come back in the second half you play your best uh, basketball in the second half and play great defensively first half can't say the same okay Loyola Marymount that was a bad loss, 20-point loss, but it's on the road. Okay, I'll take those two, you know? I could look over I could I could look over those uh, losses and say, no, nah, no need to overreact, okay? Uh, do I need to overreact after a 67-63 loss at Texas A&M Corpus Christi, which by the way came into this one at 2 and 4 overall? And if you want to tell me everything about LIU Northern Kentucky, uh, you know, I get the Houston loss and the Texas Tech loss, but this is Texas A&M Corpus Corpus Christi's real first win. Uh, you look at Dallas Christian, you look at Southwest Adventist, uh, those are their two wins, and those two don't play in, in uh, Division I college hoops. UTEP is their first Division I win. They are technically 1-4, and four, and this being their first victory tonight, um, yeah, it's just a big upset for the Miners. I'm upset with them. I'm, I just did not see this this past week in practice. Went both days. Uh, went Monday and Tuesday. Didn't see this coming. Um, I heard they were very excited about throwing out new uh, lineups, new rotations tonight. But nonetheless, nights like tonight make our Timothy Cantrell Realty player of the game uh, difficult makes our hot hand of the game brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso. Difficult to hand out. And Sal, that's where we start tonight. It's a difficult situation. I thought we'd be talking majority UTEP football today. Yeah. We uh, we texted back and forth throughout the afternoon, uh, excited about some of the candidates, which we'll get into later on the show. Uh, but instead, we're talking about a head-scratching loss by the Miners, 67-63. Yeah, and it was, uh, it was disappointing, Adrian, really, uh, when you look at the team's play for the final what maybe 25 uh maybe 30 minutes out of the entire 40 correct um, just just looked poor um you know when it came to efficiency decision making and and out hustled not that they didn't hustle a&m corpus christi got after it pretty much all night and they had an answer for any time the miners tried to do something and you know you want to credit the heart but I think that's what you're going to get every single night regardless. It's just the fact of the matter is there was a lot of um, uh, blow-by buckets that A&M Corpus Christi got, and they kept on going back to that all night. Yeah, you're exactly right on that. Our telephone number here to get started, 915-505-6009. The blow-by baskets that you mentioned are tough if you're a UTEP fan to watch. And it's the it's an elite defense right now that's not playing up to its uh, potential. And it's a defense right now that is ha- – I guess they're having com- – 
kind of like last year's team where if the shots aren't falling on the offensive side, the confidence starts to deteriorate on the defensive side. And that's not what you want to see from this group. They they have to have a short-term memory. They're not going to be the best shooting team on a given night. But I'll tell you this. This is what I won't accept. Three of 19 from beyond the arc. That's tough, man. Including three of 11 in the second half alone. Uh, yeah, th- those are the times where they actually made their trio of three-pointers, not in the first half, not throughout the game. So for that right there, that's that's tough. I feel like this uh, matchup here for the Miners um, was very favorable, yet they fell. They played to Corpus uh, Christi's level, and they suffered in this loss. 67-63, that's the final. Our telephone number here tonight, 915-505-6009. Alberto Rata is with us. Zay Galindo is out at the game with us as well. Cade McConnell joined us too. Uh, we'll talk more about UTEP football later on in the show. Uh, not so much information, but more just reactions, thoughts, especially uh, want to get Sal Monthes' take on everything on that. Uh, let's open it up with social, and then we'll react to that. We'll get to the phones after. After that, 915-505-6009. Uh, let's go to social. First up, Misael at Wearing One. Did Zid Powell finish with 20 turnovers? Um, Nick Govea, UTEP's offensive execution was severely lacking in the last three and a half minutes. This coming in from Gabriel Grijalva. Starting to look like last year's team, they can't hit three-pointers or hit free throws, and too many missed layups. Hey, on that point, real quick, Gabriel, um, so UTEP, I mentioned, 3 of 19. They only made three three-pointers tonight, and uh, tonight, when you look at their layup category, actually, I love stat broadcast because it's starting to, to uh, take the layup stats, 12 of 19. So take that for what it is, 12 of 19 layup-wise. I don't know what their season average is on layup, Sal. That doesn't sound good, right? Three of uh, 12 of 19 for layups. Yeah. You should be making those bunnies pretty easily and maybe making the majority. Like if it's 17 of 19, mm-hmm. sounds like a pretty solid game. But 12 of 19, that's yeah. head-scratching. And, and traditionally, big man numbers are going to be, uh, percentage-wise, are going to be higher than you know jump shooters just because they're closer to the rim. And you're, you're comparing like you know 40s to 50s to sometimes 60s and 70s. Oh, man, it's, it's not a good look at all. And, and if we're being real too, Adrian, uh, the Miners only losing by four. Could have been a lot more. There were some gimmies that A&M Corpus Christi mi- uh, missed as yes. well. So, um, man, they're kind of just behind all game. Okay, to your point, Sal, I just mentioned how UTEP was in layups, 12 of 19, and I was saying how head-scratching that was. Get this, Corpus Christi, 10 of 19, Sal, 10 of 19. Sheesh. So they struggled from the layup line, just like you mentioned. You talk about the free throw line. It's pretty much identical uh, when you look at it from top to bottom. Uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi hit 41% of their field goals tonight. They hit 38% from beyond the arc. That's the difference right there. UTEP only 16%. Miners, though, shooting 42% from the floor. And then you look at the f- uh, free throws. Uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi 22 of 30. That's 73%. Miners, 16 of 24. That's 16 67% right there. Uh, people are going to look at the 21 turnovers, although on defense they force 19. They should 
try to get to 20 there defensively, and then offensively, they should hover right around 12. Like, there's no reason they're at 21, especially against an inferior opponent like Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Uh, the points in the paint it is what it is. You know, they score 34. Uh, I mean, I'm talking about UTEP scores 34. This game was only tied four times. There was only one lead change, though, Sal. UTEP led yeah. for the first 17 minutes, and then Texas A&M Corpus Christi led and never looked back. It was tied four different times throughout the game, but after that, I mean, they, they would not relinquish that lead, and that's a testament to the Islanders and how tough they were tonight. Joe Golden commented on that as well. Yeah, and you, you kind of felt that just from listening to it, watching it on ESPN+, Plus, all the momentum was with uh, A&M Corpus Christi, and they got that right before the uh, right before the breaks. So you're thinking, okay, hey, halftime, you know, there's opportunities. Your defense is doing well, but A&M Corpus Christi not only adjusted, but they had answers for just about everything too. So uh, w- with each stop that they got, it was kind of like a like another dagger, and it, it was pretty much slow and painful for the entirety of the uh, of the second half. Hey, I appreciate uh, Joe Chacon weighing in, Poncho weighing in, Tristan Pence weighing in. We'll get to all those comments here in just a little bit. Also, shout out to our friend Jason Craig, friend of the program, uh, one of our own. He said insane loss today. He messaged that and says that he's tuning in to us as well. Big shout out to Jason. Let's go to the phone lines. We got to get things started here. 915-505-6009. Full phone lines. Guys, I'll be honest. We met, We meant to do a lot of football tonight. We were gonna. We were not gonna do a lot of basketball tonight. We were. Uh, I was expecting a win, and I was expecting not a, maybe a. You know, the spread I think was like fourteen. I think uh, Joe was telling me was earlier. Thirteen and a half. Or thirteen something. and a half. I'll, I'll I mean, check, that's a yeah. lot of points right there. Fourteen, thirteen and a half, whatever it was. I mean, it's still it's a lot of points right there. Yet the miners they lose tonight instead of covering that. No, they get they lose tonight. Thir- uh, Sixty-seven, sixty-three. Back to the phone lines we go. Nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. And just for the record okay because I want everybody to understand my tone I hold this team to a high standard I held it I held it to a high standard after the win against UC Santa Barbara which was nice the Miners started off uh, 5-0 which we can really call 3-0 because those two first games are not against division one opponents so they start off 3-0 and then they lose the next three so in my eyes they're about three and three right now and I also say for the Miners uh, they're going to just have to find uh, and figure out people have adjusted to them and they just have to adjust back. Do I think that am I pushing the panic button? No. Do I have some red flags right now? Yes, I do. I, I see a little bit of last year, and that concerns me, uh, especially from their three-point percentage, which is now in the bottom 10 of the country, 22% from three-point range. That is their three-point shooting percentage as a team right now. George is first up on the phone lines, 915-505-6009. George, good evening. Welcome back to the show. How are you? Hey, Adrian, I'm fine, I'm fine. Sal, you guys, uh, great job. You guys are doing awesome. Hey, you know what? Um, I, I saw the game. I was there. And uh, there was a lot of, uh, I want to say, deja vu and, and watching it and just experiencing it. They just looked very, very, you know, flat-footed. There was no real cohesiveness. Uh, those turnovers, once again, the turnover margin hurt us. Like big time. Yep. Uh, Calvin was playing a good game. Kalu, I saw a lot of more of, of the presence inside. I think they flustered the miners. I think that that was a big issue. Uh, it's just they got to learn how to how to uh, take care of the basketball. That's just plain and simple. And you know, I, I get it. You want to shoot from three, but work the ball inside. Get those. Get get yourself 
in a position where where your short range game is going, and then everything else is going to come afterwards. Don't try and force up something that's not there. I mean, I I just want to say I'm not out on them, but I am seeing a lot of similarities from last year. I I I don't know, Adrian. It's just it's just feeling like deja vu to me. Wow. I mean, I think that it's feeling deja vu to a lot of people who had offensive concerns and hoped that this team's offense would be much improved. And I think it still will be. I think when you see this team at their best, they're flying on both uh, ends of the floor. Transition offense is working for them. But when they're uh, struggling is what Texas A&M Corpus Christi did today. They forced them into the half-court offensive sets, which right now UTEP is simply not comfortable doing. UTEP tried tonight, George, to throw Corey Camper Jr. at the one, so they went uh, small guard lineups throughout the game, and I thought they were trying to be very innovative and maybe trying to be experimental throughout the game. Uh, first off, I logged this one. Uh, Otis Frazier, Calvin Solomon, David Terrell, Zid Powell, and Tay Hardy. That's four guards and one forward. Then, at the 10-minute mark of the first quarter, Garrett Levesque, uh, Sebastian Cole, Kevin Callu, Zid Powell, Corey Camper Jr., that's four guards, one big. Okay, uh, then going out to the 4-minute 50 six-minute mark. Uh, this was in the first half as well. Corey Camper, Tay Hardy, Otis Frazier III, Trey Horton, who uh, we haven't seen a lot of this season, but he played a little bit tonight, and then Kevin Kalu. Again, four guards, one big. Uh, log this one in the second half. Tay Hardy, Corey Camper, Zid Powell, uh, Otis Frazier, and Calvin Solomon. Again, four guards and one big. I like the athleticism and I like the athletic lineup. I just think that tonight, um, for what they were trying to do, maybe it just didn't match up the game plan that uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi had. They they came in and they really out-physicaled the Miners. They uh, really threw out a nice defense that made the Miners struggle in the half-court offense. And as a result, George, uh, that's probably probably why you feel like it's deja vu again from last year hey i appreciate the phone call george i gotta keep moving we got full phone lines right here and before we get to mike out in austin let's pause 10 seconds for station identification you're listening to minor talk brought to you by the oscar Adietta agency more in less than 10 seconds here on 600 espn el paso Nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. We just opened up a phone line. Thanks again to George for chiming in on the show. Next up is Mike from Austin. Mike, good evening. What's going on? Hey guys, not a lot to say. Um, you all have covered most of it. Um, I was going to come on and have some sarcastic remarks, but instead, I'll just uh, give the the one thing that just seems to be blaring for me um, ever since. Ever since the Cal game, and actually, it might have been Austin Pay. For some reason, we, um, in my opinion, it just looks like the the first games that we were playing. Even though it was some inferior opponents, some of them weren't. We seemed to be looser. We seemed to be playing and having fun. And ever since that game, maybe the Cal game, it just seems I don't know why they just seem to be tight they just don't seem to be playing with the same level of um ease and flow that that they were i don't know if um they're listening to too much media i don't know if they're you know um if they're you know just hearing things and putting too much pressure on themselves maybe even the coaching staff as well um 
putting pressure on themselves and and that's bleeding over to the the players but they seem tight they don't seem to be playing with that same that same flow and that same ease and that same level of fun and and workmanship that they they were playing full they were playing with in the first uh several games so that's all i got guys and uh Good job, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, talk to you soon, Mike. Uh, hey, appreciate your consistency, Mike. You're you're more consistent than anybody I've seen I've heard on this show all season long on the basketball side of things. Appreciate your consistency, win or lose, you're calling in. So I appreciate that uh, here as we continue. 915-505-6009. That's our telephone number to get into the program. 600 ESPN El Paso everywhere. And then online uh, for all the local content regarding the football hire, 600 ESPN El Paso.com. By the way, if any of our callers have anything on the football side of things, just chime in. As soon as I uh, jump in, chime in on the football and just say, hey, I I have one quick thing about the football side of things. Uh, We are definitely taking thoughts and calls on that as well here on Minor Talk. Some of our community uh, definitely loves to hang out with us later on in the evenings and isn't always able to uh, call in during sports talk. So if anybody has thoughts regarding the uh, coaching change on the football side of things, we're happy to do it. 915-505-6. Sal, I want to read you something real quick because I just did some quick numbers, okay? These are the turnover numbers since Austin P. because Mike just brought up the game Austin P. and said, hey, I had some concerns, some sloppiness, or all that kind of stuff. So you you tell me if this if numbers tell you anything or if there might be something different. We might have to look at something different instead of turnovers, okay? Austin P., 14 turnovers. They end up winning, okay? Cal, 13 turn- turnovers for UTEP. They end up winning that game. Bradley, 19 turnovers for the Miners. They end up losing that game. Loyola Marymount, 14 turnovers, but you could argue in the second half that game was pretty much all but over. Mm -hmm. Uh, Corpus Christi, tonight, 21 turnovers right there offensively. Does does that seem like a pattern to you or not necessarily? No, it, it does because we saw them take better care of the ball, put up more points early on in the year in the uh, the first two games, but now that you're going up against consistent Division One talent and also conference leaders or, or conference powerhouses, you know, to whatever conference uh, they're respectively from on, on a more consistent basis. They're having a lot more trouble, so I think um, teams are seeing the film and they're studying, hey, how, how, can, how can we get UTEP out of rhythm? Now, we know how athletic they are and that's why they were able to uh, turn the ball over as much as they did against Austin um, but now that they're going against teams with that film and just as much athleticism as they have as well, if not more, um, you're seeing them struggle. And uh, I, I wouldn't push the panic button just yet. I mean, it's something they're already aware of. And, you know, I'm sure they're working hard to try and, uh, you know, overcome. But, you know, we are noticing something, you know, within these last couple of uh, games. Really, this three-game losing streak has shown you um, a different side of this team. No, no doubt. Um, hey, let's let's welcome on our third member of the broadcast. He's Alberto Reta, and he joins us next. Alberto, you got a chance to watch this game completely from start to finish. Your thoughts? Give me your instant reactions. UTEP loses in this one. Uh, first home loss of the season. They've lost three in a row. Yeah, bad outing offensively for the Miners, but uh, what surprised me uh, was the fact that their defense kept them in the, in this longer than they really th- what I thought than they really were. There was like long spouts of like two to three minutes where the Miners would go scoreless, and and that's just not what you want to see. And and what I attribute this like lack of offensive production right now is just like lack of team chemistry. I think these guys are really new still, and there there's a lot of freshmen that are getting a lot of minutes, so I think they need to just form a little more chemistry and expect a little more, more um, t- 
time together. Expect them to become more cohesive as the time as the time goes on. Also, this uh, this uh, on the other side of things, this uh, Islanders team is it wasn't a bad team. Yeah, they were riding a three game losing streak, but they I think that lit a fire under them to have them um, come in harder and 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 actually try to play this game to the max. I think they were playing um, a much harder basketball game, and they. And that showed on, on the court. They they were intense, and they, they wanted it just a, t- a tiny bit more. Yeah, I could see that. But at the same time, I mean, UTEP has to win these games at home. Like, I, I don't care the motivation of the other team. UTEP needs to win these home games. Look, this team uh, last week lost to Northern, uh, Northern Kentucky 88-73. to so, I mean, that's we're talking about a 15-point loss then. They lost to LIU, which is, by the way, LIU 1-5 on the year. They got killed, 83-68. So, 83-68 right there. Yeah, you can argue to me any given night, if you don't show up, you're not going to win. I get that. But if we hold this UTEP team to a higher standard than others, uh, which is what I think a lot of fans did after that UC Santa Barbara game, which, by the way, Sal, to your point, when it's against a, a team that they won and they pretty much wiped the floor on against UC Santa Barbara. UTEP only had seven turnovers in that game. So going back to that turnover count, maybe yeah. that's the, the issue right there. And yes, while the defense kept them in this game, Alberto, I was concerned with the fact that, man, Texas A&M Corpus Christi was missing a lot of free throws. How about that bunny that they missed right in oh, uh, like they had a wide open man. layup and the, he misses it right there? I mean, he was wide open. They, they somehow broke the UTEP press. Uh, uh, the inbound passer launched it all the way across uh, court, and the guy just totally missed that bunny. Yeah, and, and the crazy thing is, Adrian, is there were two really bad breaks by um, uh, by tonight's or in tonight's game in the final minutes when it came to the Islanders, and the Miners just couldn't fully capitalize on it. And I think that's the frustrating part. You see that they're in position to make a play on one, and they almost get that steal, but then to to give that up too was just a was just a really bad look, man. You you got the best and you got the worst. Of the bottom today, I guess. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, I agree with that assessment. Also, I would think that last uh, offensive possession for Texas A&M Corpus Christi, I guess I have to see that again. But that's four straight, maybe three straight offensive rebounds. The guy got oh, down low, and then he puts crazy. it back up uh, for them to go up by you know two scores and pretty much you know lose the, or effectively win the game for the Islanders. Sorry, it was a one-point one game at that point. Okay, He hits that low post bucket after all those missed shots, and and that made it a three-point game. So that uh, really changed the Miners' philosophy on their final offensive possession. Zid Powell dribbled uh, right side. He looked baseline to try to uh, launch it to Tay Hardy. He actually gets the pass out to him, but then it's an out-of-bounds call. And the Islanders ended up winning it uh, when it was all said and done. Let's go to the phones. 915-505-6009. Good conversation here. Jimmy is next on the phone lines. Jimmy, good evening. What's happening? Hey, I just my observations. I don't think I've ever been as up and down on a team this early in the season, ever. Um, seeing all the games, my here's my diagnosis: great defense, as uh, the commentator just said right now, where they're lacking this year and as they did last year is on offensive sets. What I what I don't get is we saw three walk-ons tonight get significant minutes. Hamilton, who I think has the highest shooting percentage on the team gets no minutes uh you got the freshman eliza jones who probably has the best mid-range game uh, of anybody on the team gets three minutes i i just don't understand the the lineups 
Uh, I don't know if he's trying to make a point, and if he's trying to make a point, he's doing so at his own peril. I think he's a good coach, and I'm excited about him. But some of these lineup uh, changes, when, when you have offensive issues, you're not putting in Cole uh, Levesque and uh, I forget the name of the other guy. Um, it, it just it doesn't make any sense to me. And your best mid-range, or arguably your best mid-range guy, gets three minutes. Your big guy, and this, this and against Corpus, you could have really exploited the team on the offensive side with, uh, with the big man play. And, and he doesn't get any minutes whatsoever. It just it makes zero sense to me if your liability is offense and then you have three walk-ons get significant minutes. How the hell does that make any sense? Okay, so I, I would just real quick uh, clarification. Garrett Levesque, uh, he's one of the walk-ons you're talking about. Sebastian Cole is the other walk-on you're talking about. Both of those guys combined for okay, 13 then minutes. Okay, Horton's not a walk-on, I guess. No, Horton's a scholarship okay. guy, but yeah, only gets a pair of minutes tonight. And I, I think yeah. for Horton, I, you know, I don't, I agree with you on that. You just. Why for Elijah Jones, he frustrated I think the coaching staff in the first half with what happened. He attempted two three uh three pointers and those both didn't go in. He fouled yeah. when he maybe shouldn't have fouled and he turned the ball yeah. over and as a result only three minutes yeah. tonight. So he was in the doghouse. Hamilton, real quick for you, Jimmy, because uh since we're on this topic after the games that didn't count and didn't matter, here's his game minutes per or minutes per game. Okay, UC Santa Barbara three minutes, Austin P four minutes, Cal five minutes against Bradley a minute against Loyola Marymount three minutes tonight DNP. So there you go for Derek Hamilton. That's just kind of the I don't, I don't recent understand stretch. Why and, and if this and, and Adrian, if the standard is not hitting threes, okay, then why is Dos Anjos, who's never, I, I don't know if he's hit a three this year, he's getting substantial minutes. And at least Jones has hit several threes this year. That, that's something that a lot of the miners can't, can't say. But, again, he has a, a good mid-range uh, game. He went off in a couple of the early games. Why, when you need offensive help, he's only getting three minutes when he's arguably one of your most potent offensive players? I have no idea. No. I have absolutely no idea. Uh, and then the other three guys who are getting hardly any minutes, uh, tonight I think one of them gets nine, the other gets four, another gets maybe six or seven. I don't, I don't get it. Why? Yeah, I hear you. Hey, uh, I appreciate the phone call, Jimmy. Uh, thanks for weighing in. The one, you know, I think you can uh, look at the minutes, and that could be uh, a quick fix when they watch tape and realize, hey, we want to play Kalu more. We need more interior presence. I think your argument came off of the front court and the lack of play that they saw in the front court, and as a result, the Miners, you know, they just they struggled in stretches of this game. They tried to mix things up, and I think by mixing things up, it didn't work uh, the way that they maybe thought. Nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. Ronnie's next on the phone lines. Ronnie, good evening, man. What's happening? What's happening, guys? Hey, uh, when's your trip here? We got to make this plan. Um. Well, they keep playing like this. <laughs> we're gonna be we're gonna be doing something else, boys. But, no, I, I want to I come to conference play in the second half of the year. I want to make a couple quick points. Um, the first point I want to make is these are the games that Golding is comfortable in. And what I mean by that, he likes these ugly middle 60 games where he can try to make a point, play players that probably weren't thinking coming into the night they're going to play. Like Those are the games that he's comfortable coaching in because those are the games that he has to do the most coaching. Now, on the flip side, when they played against Santa Barbara, they're scoring 89 points, touching 90. That's how this team has to play. That's how they're built to play to win. With Zip Powell leading them, that, that's how they're built to win. The problem is his 
imprint, his voice isn't needed as much because their their offense is taken in places that you know what I mean that their, their defense doesn't have to, and so therefore he's just not comfortable in those type of games because everything's just flowing naturally. That's not a knock on him. That just is what it is. Second point I want to make is you're seeing now in year three, you're seeing the things that I've been saying that Golding has to get the assistance to do. A, he needs the offensive-minded assistant, right? And B, he needs another guy that can just recruit really talented players. You know what I mean? So that he can have more nights where he can let off the coach and then let the players just kind of go get her done, per se. And those two things are going to be the detriment of his either success or downfall at Utah. And, uh, th- 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 those two things are either going to make or break him in his tenure here, and you're not going to get away from that because at this level – where you leave um, ACU, which went to the WAC and all that stuff, you you, you leave it to school tradition D two D one. The bar goes up, resources go up, uh, your 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 money games that you're able to go and get all of a sudden have to be at least played competitively. Um, I'm pretty sure they paid Texas Corpus Christi something tonight. That's probably a buy game, I would imagine. Um, and so recruiting is going to be huge at this level, and then you got to have offense at this level. You're just not going to beat good teams in the mid 60s um for for 20 to 25 games uh of a, a year it's just not going to happen at this level like like you're literally scratching the outside of, of p6 p5 players and teams you, you're gonna have to let guys go loose the last point i want to make that nobody is talking about and I, I hate that i have to be the bad guy but i keep telling people hey hardy is not batman he has to be robin and whenever he's Batman, well, look at look at the games they lost. He's the leading scorer. And what does that mean? Dude, they scored 47 points against LMU. So if him being a leading scorer gives you 47 points, who the hell are you going to beat, man? You see what I'm saying? Like, you, you got to understand that everything has to start and end with the pile kit. When Tay Hardy has that go-getter mentality like he had at Southern Miss, it leads to what? Absolutely nothing. You have to keep him in the, in, in, in the passenger seat. You cannot let him get in the driver's seat. Um, and when that happens, look at the games they've lost. Sal, you're the stat guy. Go pull it up. All the games he's leading them in score, more losses in his tenure here at UTEP than they were wins. So what is that telling me? You're having a kid that's having a James Harden type effect where his scoring isn't impacting into a positive way of winning. And once again, I'm not saying the kid's not good. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I'm saying is there's dudes that are scores, and there's dudes who like, oh, we got to get that dude the ball because he's efficient and impactful a la Sule. Boom. Like there's a difference here, right? Like, yeah. Like somebody. Has I'm, to be I'm glad you mentioned Sule. Keep going. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut team, you off. Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Somebody has to be leading scoring a bad team. You know what I mean? Like we see it every year in the NBA. We see it every year in all levels of you know uh, basketball. Somebody has to be leading scoring on a bad team. But the problem is when that scorer who's leading the team in scoring doesn't impact the game to winning, then that's all you have. The guy that's a shot taker. We need shot makers at Utah. And I still believe that that has to be the pile kid. Like I, like I wholeheartedly believe that if he's leading the charge, he's aggressive, he's making shots, then the sky's the limit for this team. But if he kind of eases off the gas and Tay Hardy starts to press on the gas a little more, that's when I get nervous, man, because I, I've just seen it over his tenure that that more often than not doesn't lead to the level of winning that we, we, we need and we want. So like I said, go look at the stats just from this season. I mean, I think he's led him probably in – four or five games scoring and, and you know three of those games were in the loser streak so what what like you know what i'm saying like batman and robin right like we didn't want keontae kennedy leading the team when sule boom was here we wanted sule boom doing the same thing batman and robin 
And when they get back to that, they're going to have a chance any night. But they get away from that, it's going to come down to a multitude of factors that it may or may not. Hey, be in their favor. real quick, before uh, give me real quick because we got two callers behind you. Uh, your thoughts quickly on the football hire? Wait, they hire somebody? No, who do you think uh, they should get? Like, who, who's your guy? Who's your guy with uh, hearing all the names? Uh, I still think they need a, a former head coach. I, I'm not. I'm not sold on UTEP with their current affairs going after that coordinator that you want from over here any quarter. I think they need a guy who's been in the driver's seat doing this and they've had multiple years of winning. You look at what UNLV did, they got a pie five coach and it led to winning right away. UTEP should take the same blueprint and the same formula. Don't go and try to reinvent the wheel. Go take the same formula. Go take the same blueprint. There'll be enough guys out there that got power five head coach experience they want to stay relevant, get back in it, climb the ranks, and they'll come and, and, and do some good things. But they got to they got to take the same blueprint. To do anything different would just be pure madness at, at this point. Look at what North Carolina did. They hired Mac Brown. North Carolina been shit in football forever. Always been a basketball school. They hired Mac Brown, and now they're compete for ACC titles every other year. You know what there I mean? There you go. There you go. Hey, good stuff, uh, Ronnie. I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for waiting. Leave that in the pod. 915-505-6009. That's our telephone number. 600 ESPN El Paso on social and everywhere we are. Good stuff, Ronnie. Appreciate it. Let's go out to Dan. Uh, next up is David from the east side of El Paso. He's going to be joining us next. If you're trying to weigh in and you've been waiting to get into Minor Talk, give us a call right now. 915-505-6009. We just opened up a, a phone line now is the time to weigh in if you want to weigh in here by the way we'll get to our awards later i know they're not fun when we have to do it after a loss uh, but that's how we pay the bills here uh, we will hand out our hot hand of the game brought to you by wind supply el paso and then our timothy cantrell player of the game and uh, big shout out to timothy cantrell coming on to minor talk for the first time this season let's go back to the phones it's david from the east side who's joining us next david you got to uh, listen in on a couple different comments so far give me your instant analysis after UTEP loses this one 67-63 over Texas A&M uh, Corpus Christi okay uh, I'm a retired coach uh, from basketball in the El Paso County ah David I remember you called us before we've heard you yeah. yes okay I, in the first five games uh, the Miners were, were moving they were playing defense their, their passion was out there and then they play, they played Bradley, and I and I think that they played them pretty good. They, they didn't give up. And then they played Lamar. Boy, that was an awful game. Awful. Loyola Marymount, but yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And then to today today's game, I saw it on ESPN Plus. The Miners were like a step back. The Corpus Christi was a step. They were quicker than the Miners. And uh, the miners are terrible in the three points. They're terrible. In the free throws, they're averaging like, what, 55%? Someone there? Yeah, 65 right now. Yeah, 65? Okay. All right. That's not, that's not good. Okay. Uh, in this game, as well, they were not playing with passion. Nothing. I mean, uh, if I was a coach, I would say, Play man, but let let me shoot from the outside. Okay, and and get the middle all so they can they can drive in. And that's what's going to happen. If if, if the Mondays don't improve in the three point shooting, 
everybody's going to say, okay, let's play man, and, and then let me see from the outside. And they're going to win. The opponent's going to win. Okay? And I thought Corpus Christi played real good because they were faster. They're, they were driving in, uh, you know, creating contact. And, and the miners, I don't know, uh, Powell seemed to, to be the one supposedly uh, uh, the number one shooter or something like that. Right. But uh, he didn't do anything today. So to me, something's going on mentally or something's going on internally. Maybe Coach Golden is too rough with him. I don't know. You, but you know how the the athletes are today, you know? Right. Yeah, and I hear you, man. I hear you. Hey, I appreciate the phone call. Thanks for weighing in, David. I appreciate it. You you brought up some really good points, and as a former coach, I hear what you're, you're talking about, your frustrations. Uh, I'm going to keep moving on. We've got a bunch of callers to get to. 915-505-6009. David, good job uh, from the east side. Let's. Uh, hey, give us a call again, David. You, bre- you break down UTEP basketball pretty well. And, uh, yeah, it's good to have you here on the show. Let's go to Hunter. He is joining us next on the phone lines, 915-505-6009. That's our telephone number to weigh in, 600 ESPN El Paso on social, and then 600 ESPN El Paso.com. What's up, Hunter? How's it going, man? Pretty good, man. How are you guys doing tonight? Hey, I'm doing well, man. Thanks for asking. We're, we're almost there, maybe, uh, to see uh, if UTEP hires a football coach soon. So, yeah, we're, we're working around the clock, my friend. There's no doubt they'll have one now. They hire a good one. It's a different story. There you go. There you go. All right, give it to me, man. What would you think? Given a center's record of uh, less than 30% for his head coaches he's hired in conference play, I'm not too optimistic. Mm. I hear you. All right, tell me about basketball. Hey, man, that that last caller, you know, some valid points. And then uh, with Ronnie, I I actually disagree with him. Uh, You know, he's saying that that, – Tay Hardy's got to be uh, Robin. He's no Batman. Well, what's he supposed to do? Defer when nobody else is making a shot? What is he going to do to not be the leading scorer? Purposely give away his shots to someone else that's shooting 16% or something? Like, really, what's the solution there? Uh, yeah, it's a good question. Uh, Keep going. Powell has no outside game. Uh, he's, I, I think he's made one three all season, I think, that I've seen. Maybe I missed one, but... He's not an outside shooter, man. He can maybe hit a mid-range one every now and then. He he can only drive the ball, and uh, and and the other teams know that because they've watched film. There's no secrets now. So uh, like like David, the last caller said, you back off and you prevent him from going to the hole. And guess what? You got an easy defensive possession. You go on offense now. Yeah, let him uh, shoot the perimeter. Exactly. So Powell is not the answer. Uh, he's too one-dimensional. I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Uh, as far as scoring, he can create, and I still like him. I, he's a he's a he's an alpha. He's a dog that's that's good. Uh, but this team, there's no surprises. They are going to lose some games that they should win, which this one they should have won. A and M is not a good team. I don't care what they've done in their conference the last whatever years. What I saw today was not a good team. Um, so they're going to lose some of these, and they're going to beat some teams that they shouldn't beat. The, the only pro- problems that I have is I saw some troubling things. Uh, moving forward, that if they don't fix, they're going to be in trouble. Um, their execution, you know, I, I love Golding. Oh, he, you know, he's got him. He, he, they fight and they're tough. And yeah, okay, I got you. The effort's always there. The execution is just terrible. 
you know, those last couple possessions were garbage possessions. I don't care about how hard you fight and all that. If you look that sloppy and you're, it's that hard for you to execute, you're not going to win. Not at this level. It's it's unacceptable. Uh, number two, the the blowbys. They're the worst on ball defensive team I've ever seen. Yes, they hustle and they they they're they're all scrambling everywhere. But I've never seen a team of on ball defenders that can consistently just get blown by. And they they don't they don't do the old you know you, you're supposed to cheat to where you have help. And that's typically in the middle. Yet they get blown by and get beat down the baseline or beat down the side. That's basketball 101. And they just freaking just every, I mean, in a critical possession, I think it was Camper that got blown by down on the left side, right in front of you. And then uh, I think Frazier had to foul the guy or something. Critical possession, blow by. Uh, You know, so so those are tough things, not grabbing that rebound at the end. and I agree with uh, Ronnie, or no, it wasn't Ronnie. I think it was that, that Jimmy that called earlier. Uh, I can see why he got on Jones and, uh, and sat him down, but he's got to get more playing time. He's too good of an offensive player. He's too good of a threat to, to have on the bench. There was a stretch where Tay Hardy had two turnovers from travels and a missed easy layup. Why isn't he sitting down? You know what I mean? Uh, and the biggest concern to me is Powell. And, and the, the concern to me is he's not a good teammate. It looks like it's about him. He's got a bad attitude. I don't like his body language out there at times. He didn't even participate in the second half warm-ups with the team. Did you notice that? No, I didn't. Man, you, you, you're on Powell today. You're on him. Why is he special? You know, stuff like that creates animosity within a locker room. And, and it's Golding's job. Nobody's above the team. And if you're going to be special, if you're if you're Mr. Spoiled Brat that I need the attention or I can sulk and have and I can, I'm the one guy that can have bad body language on the court and I'm only going to play hard in spurts when I want to, I don't want you on my team. And that's what I saw out of him today. You can go back and look. He did not participate in the second half warm-ups because he's being talked to by Spriggs on the side because maybe he's got a little attitude problem. So to me, those are the biggest concerns moving forward, but I wouldn't abandon this team yet. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Good stuff, Hunter. I appreciate it. I wrote a couple thoughts. I just wanted to let you go instead of cutting you off. Um, good stuff, my man. Uh, always, always great to hear from you. Look, I completely disagree about the Tay being the answer and then Powell not necessarily being the answer. To have concerns about Powell's play right now, very valid. To question the leadership or the question the teammate, I think it's way, way, way too early. And I think that goes back to something that Alberto talked about earlier. It's developing the chemistry. It's uh, developing that relationship with all the players and realizing when adversity hits how can you as a team collectively rally around that adversity and get better I mean really if you think about this team right now they haven't really had a gut punch like tonight where it's like wow nothing is going right and how do we solve this when nothing is going right? I, I like what Hunter mentioned about the down and dirty games. I think that's true. It, when it's a scrappy matchup, when it's a low-scoring game, um, you know, Golding likes that. But going back to a Ronnie point, um, they, with what we've seen this year is they play best at their best when they're flying around in transition and scoring a lot of points. Now, when they're slowed down like they were tonight by that Islanders mm-hmm. defense, that really hurts them in the half court having to set up that offense, Sal, because, yeah, yeah it, when 
Hardy's not hitting his shots, when you're having turnovers going left and right, and then we have a missed shot come down, um, then that's frustrating. I think what you're seeing is that that first those first couple games they had a lot of excitement. They they pushed through the adversity, they pushed through the frustrations because they played well on both ends. Tonight they let their frustrations kind of overwhelm them, and if that did boil up into emotions, and you know what, if if that's the case at the second half where um, Sid Powell didn't come out to warm up with the team and stuff like that, sure. I mean, I think everybody can look inward and say how this team needs to be better leaders moving forward. I think Otis Frazier said that in the post game tonight. I think uh, Joe Golding said that in the post game interview tonight. They've got to look inward as far as their leadership. See who really wants this. See who really is going to uh, put the effort to be here. And if you remember back to last year, they needed a guy to step up in this number one role. And that's why I believe, no, is it right now? No. But I believe in the future when it comes to winning basketball, it has to be Zid Powell. He has to be the guy, uh, in my opinion. Now, the execution part of it that Hunter was talking about, couldn't agree with that more, Sal. When you're taking timeouts to draw up a play and then you struggle the way that they did, uh, that's that's a head scratcher right there. And that's not something that we've seen. When we see Joe Golding take timeouts, typically it's usually to drop something really helpful and to help drop something really helpful defensively. And I don't think it was mostly on him. I think it was on the execution of some of these plays that just did not go through, yeah. like you're hearing from Hunter. How many uh, how many sequences were were thrown off just a bit because a pass wasn't caught, or you know, the, the when they did catch it, it was kind of slipping out. Little things like that affect the uh, affect that efficiency. And to allow that to happen against a and Corpus Christi, who was closing in on just about everything, you needed every second that you could get. And uh, even on offense, they were steps behind on defense. We saw that. But on offense, a and Corpus Christi was just a couple steps ahead. And if they weren't, the Miners did something to allow them to get back in pace. And it, you saw that pretty much all game. Yeah, you did. You really saw it all game. And I think it was glaring in the first half. Second half, they made better adjustments. But still, it was just trying to claw back throughout the game. And when they would tie the game they just couldn't get over the hump they couldn't actually overtake the lead uh, by any means let's go back to the phones next up is milkman 915-505-6009 milkman what's happening hey what's going on man oh not much milkman uh, tell us about what do you think about this one well um like you guys said it's probably too early to hit the panic button but you know my finger may be hovering over the button <laughs> um but <clears throat> I mean, it, it's early in the season. Yes, uh, I mean we all know that. But to be honest with you, I mean we can we can diagram this and, and you know talk about what what went right, what went wrong. Obviously, virtually everything went wrong. But and this is weird because I remember being the guy who was complaining to you that oh, God, they're wanting to go down and play like Steph Curry and, and just fire up a three. But I got to tell you, if they don't learn how to shoot from the perimeter. Uh, they, it doesn't matter what they do. I mean, they, it's not that they that they had somebody in their face when they were shooting. They they were just missing shots. I mean, it's almost it seems almost like it's a mental block now. Like like there's you know something going on that uh, they just can't 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 break through. Because um, I mean, honestly, all the ones they missed in the first they, they were. They were three, three of nineteen or something like that. Correct from, the, from three. Yeah. I mean, in the first half, the the ones that they were missing had had half of those gone in. 
they'd have, they'd have been blowing them out. You know, I mean, this this was not a good team that they lost to tonight. I mean, <clears throat> you know, not to take anything from them, they they did they won. You know, and they they were the better team on the court. But I mean, you know, I you can you you can point to that 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 Miss Bunny you were talking about. That I mean, come on, we're really losing to these guys. Like, come on. Um, but I mean, uh, like I said, you know, you can you can over diagram it and, and and say what what exactly uh, you know we need to change. But I mean, if you can't shoot it when you're not you're wide open, and it doesn't matter how many chances you get at it, you're still not dropping any. Well, it's gonna be hard to win any games that way, you know. And again, like I said, it's it feels weird saying that because I'm, I was the one who was like, God, they, they won't work it into the paint, they, you know, but now they, they do know how to work, work it into the paint and, and actually get points, you know, from the paint. But man, they are just, they cannot shoot from the perimeter. And I don't, like I said, it seems like a mental thing now, you know what I mean? It, it, seems, yeah. it seems bad. Yeah, and I like uh, Joe Golding's answer about the perimeter shooting uh, milkman. He was saying how, hey, he's putting it on the guys to go in the gym, and who who really wants it, you know? And I believe that uh, you develop perimeter shooting through confidence and through hard work in the gym. Uh, I'm not knocking this team's work ethic whatsoever because I see how hard they go and practice, but maybe that's what they need to do more of is just kind of get back in the gym, start practicing a little bit better, and finding that rhythm in their shot. I mean, even Tay Hardy, he's the team's best three-point scorer uh, on this group and you look at his numbers tonight from beyond the arc one of seven he's uh he was the guy who made one of those three uh three pointers Otis Frazier made another and then Corey Camper Jr. as well uh I think this team really needed Baylor Hebb before the season started maybe they thought he would his waiver would have actually cleared and he's supposed to be that sharp shooting guy that this team uh likes a lot and you you heard from some of the players say it after the game uh, of that UC Santa Barbara one and all that that they wanted, you know, they said free Baylor, free Baylor, all that kind of stuff, which is interesting. And yeah, it's it's uh, cool, but um, for them to say things like that initially. But the reality is, the NCAA is so inconsistent when it comes to these waivers, right there. That I feel for UTEP in this situation, not kind of going in these like uncharted waters, not knowing if he's going to actually be eligible this year. But as the uh, time continues to go, I think the less and less chance and possibility that they'll get Baylor Hub uh, cleared for this year, and it's probably on to next season uh, for his eligibility getting started with the minors. Uh, good stuff, Milkman. Great to hear from you, man. 915-505-6009. That's our telephone number. We'll get to Chris in just a second here, uh, who's coming up next on Minor Talk. But first, let's go back to uh, Twitter. This is Joe Chacon. Miners are going the opposite way after winning the first five games. What happened to the swag and the juice? I feel the same way Coach Joe Golding did watching from the sidelines. He knows this team is better than this. Hashtag minor talk. Hashtag Sal is my pal. That's become one of the new hashtags there, Sal. How do you? What do you think about that? It, it is join the mix. Yeah. No. It's uh. It's, we we got to keep it going. It's it's a lifestyle. Yeah. Minor yeah. in crew too. Uh, Manny <laughs> David can't buy an outside shot at all after what looked like a good start to the season. Now looks to be a long season. This team isn't going to win many more games playing like this. Hopefully, Coach Joe Golding can figure something out hashtag minor talk hashtag maybe next year 
Early to say that, man. Early. This is from Snappy Trades at Snappy Miner. I haven't seen this Twitter account yet. I like it. Easy schedule. They look completely off on offense. No adjustment made by the coaches. And what the heck was that ending? You call a timeout and then do that? Uh, this coming from Bring Back Miner Rush. Gotta admit, I love Joe Golding's attitude toward this. He took accountability after the game and knows what this town deserves. That's why you support the team, even if you're not drinking the Kool-Aid. I like it. This is coming in from Snappy Trades at Snappy Miner again. I like this account. This is an interesting account. I've never, I haven't seen this one come at us recently. So this must be either a burner or something that uh, re- reg- uh, recently came my way. It says proud UTEP grad now living in Denton, Texas. Good stuff, Snappy Miner. He says talk is cheap. The same story in three games. A big game at Oregon won't make it easier. Hopefully, the little surprise was thinking of visiting friends in Oregon, but I may pass on this one. Tristan Pence he chimes in. Number one, one would think that after a poor showing at Loyola. Marymount, the coaching staff would have this team ready to play. After listening to Coach Golding's comments after the game, I am convinced he is clueless. This is year three and there are no excuses. Hashtag minor talk. Wow. Oh man. Tristan Pence, you were in on this team. What happened? Uh, this coming in from Lurchy Poo. <laughs> if that was Dimmel, the end... <laughs> I can't say this. The, Sal, Sal, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for saying this stuff. Uh, this is coming in from uh, <laughs> Lurchy Poo. Okay, okay. If this was Dimmel, Dimmel would have said, quote, Ah, shucks. You know, we had a lot of injuries and a lot of missed opportunities. We played real well, and I felt like we were a better team. But this one just got away. We did win the time of possession, though. Uh, that's coming in from Lurchy Poo. This coming in from Pinky, Texas A&M Corpus Christi and Andrus High School alum, Christian Viegas. Congratulations, and keep it going. He uh, took a picture with Christian Viegas. Hey, shout out to him. I'm happy that he's in El Paso. Great story right there. Tristan Pence. Number two, not having an experienced point guard is going to be an issue, and perimeter shooting is still a weakness. UTIP is a very talented team, but the ceiling seems lower than we originally thought. Let's see what happens. Hashtag minor talk. This coming in from Ben. Golding is trying too hard. Head coach Joe Golding needs to chill and run with a fun seven to eight player rotation to get big minutes. Hashtag need rhythm. Hashtag need consistency. Hashtag need minor talk. Good stuff. Uh, Andres Rafael Loya. All we are, all we need are seven to eight warriors. Elliot Gold. Every single game, win or loss, except for Loyola Marymount, has been decided by the refs. Hmm. Uh, some guy, Chris. Chris, some guy. Wait, Alberto, you added something to chime in on that one, did you? I can just touch up on some stuff I wanted to say. It's just the offensive woes are just exacerbated by your inability to uh, get any rebounds. Just uh, Islander team came in uh, generating 15 offensive rebounds, and then the game, the entire game, Miners are getting outboarded, and I think that really didn't help at all. Yeah, the UTEP had 10 offensive rebounds in this game, and uh, when you look at just the total rebounding margin, they had 10 offensive rebounds. They had 27 defensive rebounds. UTEP had 22, so they're plus 5 on the rebound margin. Uh, I'd love to see if UTEP, uh, you know, go game by game and see kind of the rebound margin, see where UTEP's at on that. So, uh, interesting stat that you highlight there, Alberto. Let's go back to social. Uh, a couple other ones coming in. This is from Chris at Some Guy Chris. Anyone ask why Elijah Jones only played three minutes? 
Yes, Joe Rod asked that, and Joe Rod let me know that head coach Joe Golding said that um, you know after the first little bit where there was a foul, there he missed the two three uh, pointers, he turned the ball over, that they felt the need to uh, reel back in the freshman, and uh, yeah, that's that's it was kind of a coach's decision right there not to play him uh, the rest of that second half. Michael Cuviello, this says he says this, the odds are pretty good of UTEP hap, uh, losing with twenty. Turnovers. Uh, this coming in from Clearwater. What about the minute and a half the Kalu was on, and then they take him out to never be seen again? Two dunks, strong rebounding, and then poof to the pine he goes. Powell and Hardy can ball. Tonight wasn't their night. Jones could have hit a key bucket or two to sway the game. To sway the game, lame. That's coming from Clearwater. Sal, how do you take that one right there? That's an interesting thought. Uh, you know, he said he talked about Kevin Kalu, and we talked about it off air a little bit about yeah. Kevin Kalu's performance in this one. He was a spark to them down the stretch, but in the first half, I thought he struggled. Yeah, and, and I think that's uh, not only an issue that's uh, been going on with him this year, but pretty much the entire team. Guys are on in the first half; they're not for the second or vice versa where um, you're, we talk about consistency and efficiency and also who's Batman or who's Robin all of that good stuff right who's going to be the go-to guy uh, not just when it matters the most but who can they rely on throughout the game because we saw numerous droughts going on with this team so I mean he stepped up in spurts and other guys did as well you know here and there but you really need a 40 minute effort from yeah. just about everybody when you're lacking this efficiency on offense. You can't have two guys have two, three-minute spurts. Everybody has to be locked in. Yeah, look at last year's team. They would go mm. like A-plus defensively, and then oh, offense man. was just such a D-minus to C-plus, you know, or yeah, I think a D-minus is harsh. Maybe like a D-average or like a C-plus, you know. They just couldn't, they struggled offensively last year in a big way. And I think this year's team is too talented to struggle the same way oh, the yeah. last year's team did. Especially when they're, they're flying on defense. I mean, that's what kept them in this game as well if you're able to get transition buckets that's a different type of offense that they're getting so it might be something to look forward to as well how efficient are they in transition? A lot more this year than that year, that's for sure. Hey, Mr. Utep Mineto sends us this. That team was a 13-point underdog. Dana Dimmel brought bad luck to Joe Golding. He went over to touch the coach and passed on the losing curse. <laughs> I, okay, come on, Joe. Hey, what do you think of Joe John? Did you vote Joe John or did you vote Johnny Utep as the next Utep coach? I voted Johnny Utep. Okay, me yeah. too. Shout out Johnny. He's our guy. <laughs> uh, next up is Chris on the west side. He is joining us next on the phone lines, 915-505-6009. Chris, good evening, man. What's happening? Hey, what's what's going on, guys? How's it going? It's going well, Chris. What do you think of this game? Yeah. All right. No, I, I started off my night at the at the district, uh, met a couple of it, and uh, talked to those guys there for a little bit. It was a good time. With it was son. great to see you, Chris. I appreciate you yep. stopping by. Thanks so much, man. Yes, sir. But uh, uh, back to the game, just very disappointing. Uh, like I said, I've been uh, a big, big minor fan since I since the ninety three ninety four season, and um, this year, no other expectations. It's UTEP's always been a basketball. It's been a basketball school. It's been no matter what basketball is. is it's where the Myers are at. I agree. And and Coach Goldie is he's a great guy. Very, uh, I I believe of him still to this uh, till to the, tonight, but just this morning, just uh, we're out there. Um, all right, we lose the last two, and 
in California. We come back home. We should get this win. This team, yes, he's, they've been to the double-A dance the last two years, but it's a whole new roster. and New coach. We lose. Yes, sir. We lose new coach. We lose. And and um, just, just seeing the last couple of games, just – um, I'm I'm still behind this team, but just Powell just it just seems like he's always like like out of breath or or whatnot, just excuses after excuses, and it just at the at the beginning we're like, all right, Powell's our guy, um, he's gonna be the next um, Stephon Jackson, and he's gonna lead us to the to, to the tournament, and it just it's something or Randy Culpepper, but if it doesn't go his way, it's just like an excuse. Even uh, Coach Golding took him out in the second half with like 60 minutes. Something happened with him, and Coach Golding pulled him, pulled him out right away. And it's just kind of frustrating. Um, I'm still behind the team, and hopefully uh, we can change around. I, I'm totally behind the, our, our freshman there. Um, you guys compared him uh, with C. Uh, Cablet. You guys compared him to a like a bat Brandon Wolfram, and um, so hopefully uh, we can change around, man. Because a puzzle starring for a for a winning uh, uh, either yeah. football or basketball. No doubt, man. No doubt. I think El Paso's starving to root for a winner as well. And, you know, you just mentioned Elijah Jones and you talked about, I think it was John Teich or maybe Steve Kaplowitz did it, but I don't want to, uh, I want to give Teich some credit. He was uh, comparing Brandon Wolfram, even Vince Hunter with guys like Elijah Jones, just his rawness, but like how uh, athletic he can be and maybe his upside. So uh, the comparison was great. I love that after the first couple games and how Elijah Jones looked virtually unstable stoppable but then tonight it kind of he kind of came down to earth in a sense and struggled early on and as a result the coaching staff didn't want and wasn't having it you know and he didn't play the rest of the game after that one right there hey great phone call there uh chris really appreciate you weighing in and really appreciate you stopping by the district uh out at 3233 north mesa and joining us on the minor talk pregame show let's go back to the phones let's uh keep it moving kevin is next 915-505-6009 then it's Pinky, who we saw courtside as well. Uh, Kevin, what's going on? How are you? What's going on, Adrian? Oh, Brown, Kevin. Good good to hear from you. <laughs> sleepy Kev. You're not so yeah. sleepy right now. I'm, I, it's midnight here in Austin, man, so I'm about to fall asleep, but the miners lost, so now I'm like frustrated and I have to talk to you guys about Well, why it. didn't you call us during the win? Uh, why are you calling <laughs> us after the loss? Well, you got to celebrate the wins, Adrian. Like, you're, you don't want to hear me after a win. Like, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, tell me tell me all your thoughts on this one. It's great to have you back, Kevin. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, just disappointing overall, you know. I'm not ready to hit the panic button just yet, but just a disappointing effort on all sides of the ball, it's offensively and defensively, you know. We just couldn't get the shots down, and it's kind of just been the same product for the past, you know, two years I'd say I'd say Golding's first year wasn't really like this just because we kind of always had like we didn't always have a consistent shooter but we always had that guy we could sort of rely on kind of like that Sule boom you know or that Keontae Kennedy type and I I think this team is still trying to like look for their identity in a way still trying to look for that like go-to guy and Tay Hardy and Zid Powell showed that they could be that guy but then they have games like this where they show like yeah you know what Ronnie was saying they're just the Robin to the Batman you know but 
I don't know. I, 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 I don't want, like I said, I don't want to put the panic button yet. Disappointing loss for sure. But something's got to change, and something's going on in that locker room, and just something has to change on that court, Adrian. Yeah, you know, the things going on in the locker room, I, I've heard this a lot tonight, and I would just say this. I think your older leadership rally around some of the newcomers, and I could throw Zid Powell in as a newcomer. Sometimes mm-hmm. you uh, honestly have to, I, I don't I don't know what the word would be, but you just have to be almost accepting, accommodating toward him at times, and then also hold him accountable. So you, you accommodate him for what he is and his personality yet you hold him accountable for anything you know that he might struggle with on this team right now and so I think that's how we look at Zid Powell at this point of the season I'm not ready to give up whatsoever I think he's their best player and then you asked about uh, the like finding the guy or who's going to hit, hit the big shot when it's all said and done it's okay if it takes them time to find the guy I think it's okay I think in conference play if they have that chemistry if they have that right rotation in place then things are good but if we're talking uh, in December and still scratching our heads about what this team could be, then we've got some concerns. Then we've got some issues going into conference play. Although, I will say this, in CUSA play, it's not that exciting. I mean, it's not like we're like uh, we're talking about UTEP playing against uh, the previous CUSAs, the FAU who's going to the, con- the uh, t- Final Four of the NCAA tournament and so on and so forth. But yeah, I understand why you might have some red flags after this one no doubt about it hey real quick kevin who's your number one football hire uh from all oh the, my uh, god from all the names Johnny out there utep baby let's go no i'm just kidding <laughs> i'm just totally kidding i don't think he wants to be the coach of utep but no uh, I'm, I'm all about mac man mac leftwich is what he's doing with texas state running that offense just changing the whole program with gj kenny man it's awesome to see i'm all on board for mac i wouldn't mind that um oc from unlv either he did a good job coaching at UT, and I got to see that firsthand. So those are probably my top two hires right there, Adrian. Wow. Okay, I like it. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. It's great to hear from you, Kevin. Uh, we'll talk to you later this season, I'm sure. And uh, for now, just hang in there, man. Um, it's good to hear from you. And, uh, yeah, appreciate you hanging in late all the way out there in Austin. Let's uh, keep the phones moving. 915 Pinky's next on the phone lines. We've cleared up some phone lines. If you'd like to weigh in, now is the time to do it. 915 Pinky, good evening, man. Good to see you tonight. What's going on? Hey, great to see you guys tonight. And I got a chance to meet Kate and Kate, man. Stay, stay, Kate. That's all I got to say on that. Real quick, a couple of points. Uh, one, disappointing in the crowd tonight. Less than 5,000. Yeah, it was. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. Let me read the final attendance, Mark. Uh, I see 4,671. So you're exactly right. Under five gra- uh, grand tonight, or 5,000 tonight. So, and uh, my other point, that number 44 from the Islanders, uh, how tall is he? About 6'4, six, 6'5? Six, um, let's uh, see. Alberto, what do you what do you have? Number four, uh, six. No, number forty-four. 44 uh, he is six-six. Okay, there you go. Well, he was underneath the, the the basket, just getting rebounds and getting garbage. I mean, he was down there all the time, and and a lot of people didn't notice that. But this guy, he's not big, he's not strong, he doesn't look strong, but he's just a good ball player that has a knack of being underneath the basket at the right time. Well, I hate and to tell you this. Big, but- 
I hate to tell you this here, Pinky. Tonight was his best game. Eight points, uh, nine rebounds. Actually, uh, 12 rebounds in total. He had two steals as well, and he played 27 minutes. The most minutes he's played earlier this year was in their blowout loss against Texas Tech. He played 24, but tonight was his most minutes played. So hasn't really shown this, but he showed it tonight. It was so obvious to me that he was a, he just played a good game to me. I mean, I don't think nobody noticed that, but he was around the basket on both sides a lot. But uh, I was going to, else I was going to tell you, same story. Mystery, don't have an outside shooter, don't have a free throw shooter, and too many unforced forced turnovers. You had one time where Kalu kicked the ball off his leg, and then Tay Hardy came down to the same corner and lost the ball off his leg, and then the next time down, they threw the ball away. And this is when they were within two or three points. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and that was frustrating as well. I also think the... No. I'm sorry. I'm talking, having two conversations. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, Pinky. Uh, hey, let, let's wrap it up with this. Who's your number one for football? Uh, that's kind of high. I would give somebody like uh, the coach from Odessa, Permian Basin. They won the Lone Star Conference. Yeah, Chris Killo. Really good. Yes, yes. I wouldn't mind seeing him come in here. That would be my first pick, I'd say. Okay. Good stuff. Pinky, it was great seeing hey. you tonight. You take care, man. Good night. Good night. Good stuff, Pinky. Uh, hey, Pinky was rocking all Adidas tonight, Sal. And then he had, of course, you know, you know what he had, the license plates. They look great. He was he looked yeah. swagged out. He's ready for the winter. He was like in his track suit. He was looking fresh. He, he should be. You know when UTEP does their model shots with all the Adidas? They should hit up Pinky. He's, he's right. He's, he is literally models all the bookstore stuff all the time. There's only two people I think of when I um, that come to mind, rather, when I think of minor diehards. Like, you know how there's always that, that saying, like, hey, you can't say we because you're not on the team. Whatever, whatever. But if somebody's super anti-we, they have to make an exception for these two people. And that's minor Pat. And Pinky. And that's Pinky. Yeah, I oh, like yeah. it. I, I like it. Good stuff, Pinky. Thanks for weighing in. 915-505-6009. Traez Ganas sends us this. So no excuses like our ex-football coach crying about injuries. I'll take that. Way to own up to it. Head coach Joe Golding about his post game. Uh, CK Milestone Photo sends us this. There is no excuse for losing a game like this. This happens every year. Teams figure UTEP out and no playing 8 plus games in November is not an excuse this shows what type of team they are just like when the utep football team lost to jacksonville state hashtag minor talk robert udkidi sends us this i couldn't catch the game it looked like kevin kalu had a solid game stats wise is the kalu stock holding steady I already uh, sold all the shares. You this sold too, it? Yeah, it was too late. I, I already I, sold all I, the shares. I didn't sell it all. I, I kept a couple wow. shares. You know, and I might even buy the dip a bit more. Wow. Sal, ex- expand on this. Because they're going to have to rely on their big men a lot. <laughs> that, they have no really other why, choice. Yeah. They have mm-hmm. no other choice. I am, interesting. Oscar at Oscar Junior 915 sends us this. It doesn't look like the intense team that we saw to start the season. Something is up. Clyde the Burro sends us this. Um, he says, this one hurts. I don't think Zid Powell will play a worse game in his college career. Not being able to score is one thing, but being sloppy with the ball all night and you lose the game that you shouldn't. Joe has his work cut out for him. Hashtag minor talk. Leo, back with him at underscore minor fan. 
Is it possible this team doesn't want to play for one reason or another? Part of me feels this way, but I don't know. Nah, I don't think so. Um, Poncho sends us this. It was like watching last year's team. Poor shooting and poor ball handling. Where's the team that played against UC Santa Barbara? Good question. I don't know, uh, but good question. Travis Allen Fortune. I fully support head coach Joe Golding, but back-to-back uninspired performances are on the coaching staff. Uh, Adrian at Enemy Win 3. Loyola Marymount was supposed to be a fluke, but this game was a confirmation that this team has not improved. Wow. Adrian is out on this team. He's not a fan. Uh, E. Garcia. Coach Golding isn't the guy. UTEP can keep lying to ourselves. Um, The coach can't coach offensive basketball. Eric Fournier, you guys are overanalyzing things. Take care of the ball, rebound, and make your free throws. And teams will win a lot of games. We need a true point guard and a real big man. I'm not hitting the panic button just yet, but this team is going to be inconsistent all year. Pinky with this one, listening to Minor talk tonight, and I, like I have said always, Minor fans are so knowledgeable and passionate of UTEP analytics. Every Xer and have legitimate statements and complaints. Let's keep being minor fans where we are and have been. Hashtag thanks, picks up, go miners. Hashtag minor talk. Um, and he said he was disappointed with the attendance tonight. Okay, good stuff, Pinky. Um, yeah, let's let's just keep things moving. 915-505-6009. That's our telephone number to get into the program. 600 ESPN El Paso online and 600 ESPN El Paso.com. Let's go to the mayor. He's next on the program. But first, before we get to him, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. You're listening to Minor Talk brought to you by the Oscar Addy at the Agency. More in a moment here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Back on Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar Addy at the Agency. We've got awards to hand out here in just a little bit, but first, let's get out to the phone lines. It's the mayor, Eddie Morelos, who's joining us next. Eddie, what's what's going on, man? Great to hear from you. Hey, no, just listening in to one of my all-time favorite talk shows here, Minor Talk. Wow, we've we've uh, jumped into your all-time favorites? Wow. Dude, really? I, this is one of the shows, like, I make, you know, I always ask you about it when I'm they're hanging out but like when i make it back home i'm like after a minor game whether i'm there or not i'm jumping on online to listen dude i'm i'm, I'm being just straight up honest right now about thank that. you man that's much love man sports hey, and more podcast but, host that's eddie morelos i appreciate hey, it but i wanted to talk about you guys uh, made some points the callers made some points uh they were you know one there was something that you and a caller said uh that the el paso is hungry for a winner I, I I think that that that's what either you or the caller said. The and, caller, yeah. And, you know, I think it was Chris. And, and and I just want to say that there's a winner at, at, at UTEP right now with some really intense play, and I think you guys might know who I'm talking about. And and the minor fans have an opportunity to go and watch this minor minor winner of a team, the volleyball team who's playing in a postseason tournament coming up on Friday and Saturday. So uh, I just encourage the minor fans to go and and take that in because that's a different side of things that that was normally seen. Like, you know, we we love basketball. We do. But let's also support the other teams as well. The other thing is back to basketball. uh, The minors, you know, disappointed tonight, of course, for the minor fans. December 4th is the next game against Western. 
I watched Western play against uh, New Mexico State, and uh, you know they're a little feisty and all, but this this should be a good tune-up for the Miners. This really should be a good tune-up so that they can gain some momentum back. And I think they can get the momentum and take, you know they got some tough games ahead of them at at Oregon and at Abilene Christian, but then the the, the Miners will be back in town uh, for the holiday you know tournament of the. Uh, Don Haskins Sumble Classic, uh, Sumble Invitational. So that'll be on the twentieth. So there's there's still a chance, you know. The 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 one guy said he's not he's not giving up on the miners yet, uh, and I, I think the rest of the minor fans should do the same like that guy. At least, you know, wait it out a little bit, be a little bit more patient. All right, hey, good stuff, man. It's great to hear from you, Eddie. Uh, we'll talk to you soon, man. Thank you, brother. Hey, uh, Alberto, you react to Eddie. You you know Eddie Morales really well. You react to this call. I do know Eddie very well. Uh, hello, Eddie, if you're listening. But, no, yeah, I just wanted to feed off of what he was saying about the women's volleyball tournament that's coming up. I was in UTEP Athletics just the other day, a couple of days ago, and they were saying that they were hoping to break the attendance record f- it during this tournament for the volleyball. You know what the volleyball attendance record what for this it? season was? It wasn't even 2,000 people. Okay. And Do you so, know the all-time volleyball uh, season or like I, the? I don't. But okay. this year they didn't have a single game where it went over two thousand. And so, just to feed off of what Eddie was saying, it's like I understand where he's saying that this city does have winners already. Last year, it had this team. The city had a formidable women's basketball team, and they saw some of the worst support I've ever seen, and it was really disappointing. It was really disappointing. So I just want to add on to what Eddie's saying, like. These women's teams that UTEP is putting out there are some great teams, and the lack of support is gut-wrenching for me personally. I, I go out there, and no one's in the stands. Yeah, and it, and that's, sad. that's sad. And it's sad because these girls could easily hit the transfer portal, and they could easily go to other schools. They could easily go back home. You know, we have a, a, a lot of girls from out of town, so they could easily go back home. So I do want minor fans to maybe step up their their attendance at, at women's uh, women's sports because it is something that I think that there's a lot of room for improvement. Okay, good stuff. Justin at 1997Bread sends us this. Brutal loss for UTEP tonight. I know not to get my hopes up early, and this is why UTEP has no true dog that can score at will or they can shut down the best player from the other team on a nightly basis, in my opinion. Hashtag minor talk. Joe Chacon, I almost died of laughter and burst out laughing at this one. Bro, diehard minor fans, and I'm not including them in the conversation? Come on, man. Pinky is the man for sure. Love and respect the guy all day. But how about the respect for the ones that wear it every day or lose it and don't wash it off? Hashtag minor ink crew. Sal, you can speak to this from a firsthand perspective. How do we answer Joe Chacon here? I think, you know what I, I have you know to say? What, if you're yeah. if you have haven't been to the 915 and, and actually been to a game uh, in a while or, you know, closely been here for it, then I don't think you can be in this conversation, Joe Chacon. I'm sorry. I think what he needs to, to be solidified, and he's almost there, needs to visit the campus, go to, like, Fox yes. Fine Arts, or like, Brumblos, somewhere where there's a water fountain that probably hasn't been drank from in maybe, like, five years. <laughs> Turn it on, put it on the tat. You gotta fully bless it. Once you do that, then yeah. Nah, in all seriousness, how could I forget, man? That's my fault, Joe. I'm sorry, bro. I'm so you went sorry. the other way. It's been a long day, man. Yeah, it has. <laughs> and speaking of that, let's do this. Let's take a break. When we come back, Sal, we're gonna wrap things up. We got awards to hand out. We'll look ahead to next week. I mean, it's a Monday game that I, I don't really look at. I'm looking at next week, and I'm talking about Oregon. We'll talk about all those games coming up next. Minor talk continues right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. 
Minor Talk is back, presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. we got awards to hand out here on the show. 600 ESPN El Paso on social and online 600 ESPNElPaso.com is where you can check us out. Um, I saw this one coming in from Joe John, but I think you just said Joe Golding is starting to sound like Dana Dimmel. I don't think so, man. I, I think oh, there's – that, that's Come just – that, that could be further from the truth. I would just say this, man. Um he, he takes a lot of accountability, and I think what fans, their biggest uh, complaint about um, Dana Dimmel is that he had excuses instead of taking accountability. So that's how I would see it. What about you, Sal? Um, I, I, yeah, I see no comparison, uh, really, when it comes to these uh, these post games. And sorry, I was reading some of the uh, tweets. No, you're good. Game, so if there was a second part, my bad. But no, my initial reaction was, come on, man. Yeah. There's, there's no way. No way. Okay. We're on the same page here. Hey, Miners lose tonight to Texas A&M Corpus Christi, 67-63. They're now 3-3, three and three, or I, should, I guess I should say 5-3, and three, but really, in my eyes, 3-3. Three and three. Those first two games didn't really count. Uh, next up is Western New Mexico. That doesn't count, in my opinion. Then it's Oregon on the road. So that's a tough task. It's out in Eugene, and it's a road trip for the Miners, not to mention, right after that, they play Abilene Christian. And then it's the Don Haskins Sun Bowl Invitational on Wednesday, December 20th. So after the eight games that happened here in the month of November. Wow, what a long November, Sal. Yeah. Felt like forever. You talked to me about McMurray. That feels like forever ago. Really? Oh, man. I don't even remember that game. Yeah, I, I don't, really don't. I don't even think Samir Montes was born then. No, I don't even think I met my wife. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it feels like forever ago wow. f- since McMurray. It really does. And we're now here after eight games. So it was a long stretch in November. Not That definitely has to be said. You know what? To that point, Adrian, this reminds me of the football season in September. Yeah. How many games was that in September? Yeah, I was like, it felt like five. It was probably four, right? Yeah, they yeah. were like nine games in before uh, before Halloween. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, and their season was over before Halloween. Oh, <laughs> so gosh. So there you go. Uh, actually, Sal was five games in, in September. Was it five? So okay, there you yeah, go, man. There we go. That's nice. crazy. Um, next, uh, so then. After this uh, month of November that we just mentioned, those eight games, you look in December, it's five games in December, so a little bit less, and then it's conference play. I've said this once, and I'll say it again. We will learn a lot about this team at the end of December. A lot. Whether the arrow is pointing up or if the arrow is pointing down. Ken Palm, by the way, has um, lowered their expectations on UTEP. Ken Palm's projected record on UTEP right now, based on their analytics model, is 16 and 14. Previously, it was 17 and 13. Uh, Ken Palm has UTEP going 8 and 8 in conference play. And Ken Palm has UTEP losing the next two games. That means on the road against Oregon and on the road against Abilene Christian. We'll see if that's the case or if UTEP is able to beat. One of those two teams. What do you think, Sal? What's your expect or what's your uh, realistic thought or expectation when it comes to those two games? One and one, zero oh and two. Where are uh, you at? You know what? I think one and one. Okay, let's, let's throw it out there. Best case scenario, two and zero. Oh. However, what we've seen uh, this season doesn't have me confident in believing that. I'd say one and one would, would be uh, respectful, but going zero oh and two. Um, it'd be tough to take. However, judging off of how uh, Oregon and Abilene Christian have looked this year as well, you, you know, you, you kind of want to just chalk it up and say it is what it is. However, aim to be at least one and one. I think that's um, I'd feel a lot better. 
Yeah, I understand that. Okay. Uh, Alberto, what do you think? What's your best case scenario? Oregon, Abilene, Christian. Or where's your where's your uh, brain at? One and one out of that series? Yeah, one and one. Okay, that makes sense. I think one and one is the standard I hold this team up to, right? Now, if they go 0-2 in the stretch, I don't think that's uh, necessarily good whatsoever. So let's see what they could do here. 915-505-6009. If you would like to duck a late call, now is the time to do it. 915-505-6009. Let's go to awards here on the show. Let's start off with our uh, uh, player of the game. This is brought to you by Timothy Cantrell. Player of the game out of this one. Let's go Otis Frazier third. 16 points, he grabbed 5 rebounds in this one, played 29 minutes, was plus 13 in this game, was the only efficient minor when you look at it from top to bottom, and contributed with the steal. Otis Frazier, he led them in scoring tonight, and you can't say that about many nights for Otis Frazier, but he was their scoring guy, and he went to the free throw line a bunch. He drew contact and uh, hit some free throws as well. He will win our player of the game. Brought to you by Timothy Cantrell. If you're looking to buy or sell your home here in the beautiful El Paso area will look no further. Meet Timothy Cantrell, your trusted real estate agent for, with over 20 years of experience. Don't forget, follow him on Instagram at Timothy Realtor for the latest listings and tips. If you're ready to take that next step, contact Timothy today. Reach him at 915-204-8441. That's 915-204-8441 via call or text for Timothy Cantrell. Let's go over to our hot hand of the game. Sal, where do we go on this one? We're swaying different ways. Do we go Calvin Solomon, 13 points. Uh, Kevin Kalu, four for four on the floor. Uh, He was the third or fourth leading scorer with this group, but he also grabbed five rebounds in this game. Where are we going uh, for hot hand? in this game oh man you know what i'll say this uh there was a big improvement this game than we've seen previously and he was reliable um and for that man i'm gonna go kevin Callu. yeah let's do it we haven't done it in a while let's give him some credit first half was abysmal second half was the best second half of offense i've seen from kevin Callu. yeah so he uh i like your your pick there sal kevin Callu wins our hot hand of the game and that is brought to you by wind supply el paso hey temperatures are starting to cool down we were out at the district today and it was chilly hey if you're indoors and you're looking to warm up a little bit uh check out wind supply el paso specifically check out a champion furnace visit them online tonight to find your nearest champion furnace visit the find a dealer tab online today at windsupplyelpaso.com that's windsupplyelpaso.com as we turn the page and we look over to next week it's uh the game against western new mexico and then it's oregon so that's that's where we're at right now. We're going to turn the page. Sal, prediction meter. Go, look into a crystal ball. By Monday, are we talking about UTEP football hiring a head coach? Oh, man. Um, we had to talk about this before we finished today. Oh, man. You know what? Yes. Yes, I agree, too. Yes. I'm saying yes way, as yes. well, and I think we find out Saturday or Sunday. That's my guess. I have no insight on that. That's my guess. Sal, we've asked a lot of people today, but no mm-hmm. one mentioned our guy. Brendan Marion, you take it away. You know what? I think uh – you know, as time goes on, the more and more that I'm looking at uh, not just uh, what he's done at UNLV, but previous stints, it's exciting. I, I think this is a guy who's parlaying uh, the roles that he's had, you know, throughout his tenure as a coach 
to that next level, that next step. And uh, being a head coach is the next step from an offensive coordinator. And, and I'll say this, wherever he goes, he's going to shine. So you either get with him or you're going to be against him. You saw what happened when he when you were against him this year as a coach. You saw what happened when he was a player at Tulsa against the Miners as well, just just ripping, uh, you know, the secondary to shreds. So that's a name that, that that's at the top of my list. Originally, it was Gary Patterson. Uh, but the more and more you look at it, man, how, how could you not be a fan of what a uh, coach Marion brings? I, I agree with you, man. The go-go triple option that he's ru- uh, run at UNLV. He spent time with Texas. He went to H- Hawaii as well. What Played at Tulsa, like you pointed out, and yeah. torched the minors when he was a receiver. Loves uh, he, He's interested in a job like this, and he doesn't want a coordinator position. So I think uh, mm-hmm. thoughts were that he wanted a coordinator job. And maybe that's the case. Maybe when it's all said and done, he ends up being a coordinator. Yeah. But what, what I definitely want to mention is that uh, for Brendan Marion, I just think that that's that's a one that is just staring UTEP right in the face. Man. Who else out there uh, could have that kind of excitement as a, like a rising coordinator on this uh, for this program? And maybe if it doesn't work out, sure, okay, but maybe you don't have to spend as much on a buyout or on that base salary as you would for a proven guy like you did with Dana Dimmel. Well, the. Another thing too that that pops up, Adrian, is the uh, is the vouching that's been done around college football in general. This isn't just you know some people going on Twitter saying, "Hey, Coach Marion is the move." If you ask about him, yes, uh, his previous places, you know, coaches who know of him, um, you know, coaches who've coached against him, they're gonna highly recommend somebody like that. So it's just an it's it's not a matter of if um, he'll be a head coach; it's a matter of when. If and if you want to give that first opportunity to a coach like this who in my opinion can really do some big things um it's right there it's right there Mm. yeah uh alberto you have any thoughts on the coaching search yeah i've told you i'm a big marion guy i just hope that whatever utep athletics decides to do they decide to do it fast because like you were saying i feel like the more that they wait the 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 worse it is for the football program so i hope that they pick something here by monday because with the transfer portal opening it's only going to negatively affect their program uh el paso visuals deportivos stay with me 600 espn el paso zid powell's a huge kobe fan remember when kobe didn't shoot one in a playoff game to make a point powell only had six tonight could it be possible powell is trying to make a point he is the best player, can no? Not that he called it in tonight, just could be a subconscious power move. To lose to a team that hadn't beat a D1 team until tonight was not good. Hashtag something is up. Hashtag que paso en uh, Cal- California. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I hear you. What do you think about that, Sal? Uh, I don't think so. I man. just I feel like I hate uh, too much. I, I feel like I hate too much on Ivan's uh, tweet, so I, I can't hate on this one. I'm I, not gonna hate on it. I don't really like that take because he's coming off of a poor performance as well. If anything, that's if there's something more Kobe like when it comes to um, playing after a bad game, you want redemption. Yeah. And, and there's no parallel. Let, let's be real. I know that's not what he's saying, but uh, it's hard for me to believe in that theory. Joe, our ego who is the co-founder and VP Franchise Sports Media covering all Las Vegas sports, reports right now that he's hearing Tony White, Nebraska defensive coordinator, will be the new USC defensive coordinator. Wow, that'd be huge if that's true. Wow, that's interesting. A lot of names who um, who UTEP were uh, who can who fans wanted as candidates because yes. we, we don't know what their list is like. But um, those guys have ended up elsewhere, and uh, with Coach Marion, a lot of the rumored positions that um, he's after, maybe so. 
uh, you know, maybe the interest was there, but uh, maybe the interest in him as well. Those places have have kind of already answered their, um, you know, their billing when it comes to that vacancy of that position. So he's still out there. Yeah, mm, he is, man. man. He is. Uh, well, let's see what happens. I think that's an interesting uh, story in itself, and it's something to monitor. And yeah, man, I think we're, we're, what we'll do right now is we'll end it up here on the show. This is the end here of Minor Talk. When we come back on Monday, maybe we're talking about a new head coach as well, in addition to UTEP, Western New Mexico. How about that? Uh, for Sal Montes, for Alberto Reta, I'm Adrian Bratis saying so long, and thanks for listening to Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. We'll be back Monday here on 600 ESPN El Paso.